Hello and welcome to the Blue Economy Podcast, presented by Rhode Island, the Ocean State. I'm your host, David Hirschman, and on this episode, we're talking to John Nicholas, the CEO and founder of East Hampton Shucker, which is a device to help people open oysters without cutting their fingers off. Before we get started, please be sure to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you're listening. And if you want to learn more about the show, please visit www.blueeconomypodcast.com. And now here's our interview. John Nicholas, the CEO and founder of East Hampton Shucker. Welcome to the Blue Economy Podcast. Happy uh, to have thank you. Here. Thank you, David. Happy to be here. Cool. Um, well, first, just tell me a little bit about your background. You know, how did you come to be an oyster farmer on Long Island? Like you weren't you weren't doing this uh, for all of your career, right? Right. No, I I grew up um, harvesting oysters here in East Hampton, New York, with my dad, and we would go out and just get enough oysters for that day, and it would be my job to open the oysters, and um, uh, I uh, eventually. Um, I, I understood the challenges of, you know, opening oysters from an early age. You know, I, I was my job to open them. I cut myself many times. So um, I eventually, um, we would go out in our backyard here in East Hampton, we would gather oysters and everyone would tell us that this was the spot where Indians would come and get their oysters. This is the spot where uh, their grandfathers would come and bring them and their fathers would bring them. And the oysters were just very plentiful here um, years ago. And so um, we have a marina here and um, I tried growing them through the Cornell Collective Program on a test scientific permit to the oysters. And they just grew fantastic. They're very close to the um where the Peconic meets the Atlantic. So we have fresh Atlantic water. We have a tiny little bit of a fresh uh, water stream, which adds a different type of algae. And the oysters are just incredible here. Cool. And so uh, how, how many years have you been doing it? I started, uh, I started in 2016. Uh, the first, uh, the initial crops, the first test uh, crops. And I have my first big crop right now uh, in the water. Well, and are, are you already selling them, you know, to the city and, you know, yeah, our big crop comes next year. We have about a half a million oysters. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So I, I, I guess, you know, I was going to ask a little bit about what makes the area of your marina particularly good for growing oysters. And, you know, you talked a little bit about the algae, um, you know, what, I guess, what are some of the things that you've learned uh, in the process of kind of getting, you know, changing over from being a marina to changing it over into kind of an oyster farm? Like, you know. Well, I learned that uh, the oysters taste better uh, when they're closer to the land. There's more flavor that comes from the ground up. There's more calcium. The shells are harder um, and there's more flavor in the oyster. They don't get a washed out flavor if they're uh, we grow some of them out in the open water and they're, um, they don't have the same pr- flavor profile as the ones that are grown uh, closer to land. So uh, I've also learned that, you know, there's a, there's really, an, a, there's certain spots that really have an abundance of algae and they favor oyster growing. Other spots don't, you know, the, and the, and the taste change based on where you're growing them. Exactly. Even within the same Harbor. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously like, 
oysters and bivalves generally are, are amazing creatures that clean the environment around them and, you know, are a great source of lean protein. Um, but it's true that they scare people off a little bit. You know, they're slimy, they're difficult to open. Um, you know, I was telling you before, I almost sliced my hand off trying to open an oyster once. Um, and so when I think about your new product, the shucker, um, in a lot of ways, I think of it as part of a campaign to make oysters easier and more accessible um, for people who might be sort of like afraid of it. And so maybe tell me a little bit about how you came to invent the shucker and kind of your thinking behind it, kind of where it came from. Well, I, you know, I struggled my, my whole life trying to open them. Okay. I've, I've tried every method. Um, I, I bought every tool. I tried the towel, the glove, you know, I bought this, I bought that, you know, and different knives. I struggled to open them safely. And yeah, I could do it. Okay. But occasionally, you know, out of the blue, the shell will break or your hand will slip and then you get yourself. So it's not like you can't open the oyster, just in some other occurrence occurs when you're not paying attention or whatever. And I, and I felt that there had to be a better way to uh, open oysters safer. I mean, my hands are, you know, you would get cut all the time trying to open oysters. So I thought of, um, I had a nephew um, come visit me and he wanted to try uh, an oyster for the first time. So uh, no, actually, he had an oyster for the first time. He wanted to try opening an oyster. So I put him in front of me. I gave him the knife. I wrapped my hand in a towel, uh, and I had him open the oyster. And I, I realized at that point that this was really stupid, okay, uh, and very dangerous for me. I mean, his hand could slip and go right on my arm or whatever. And I said, there has to be a better way to open oysters without without risking, you know, your hand getting cut. I mean, you, 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 when you cut a piece of meat, you don't put your fingers right next to the blade. Okay. Yeah. Why does your hand have to be there? So that was the, um, that was the, the initial, uh, I core idea of where the shucker came from, separating your hand out of the equation. Keep it, uh, keep, if your hand's not there, you can't stab yourself. So I invented, uh, you know, I started with a prototype. Um, I mean, they really don't even look like anything like we have now, but I started in wood and, and I experimented with, you know, holding it down and how to do it and this and that. And I came up, it was during COVID that I really started to um, experiment with the shucker. And uh, from there, um, we got a uh, demos and prototypes and it's really, uh, uh, you know, uh, a complete product. Um can you, uh, since it's an audio podcast, can you describe it a little bit? Or, I mean, okay, you... well, <clears throat> there's um, you. Um, uh, the way I kind of describe it to some people is just imagine, you know, you have a towel and you're holding a towel down on a um, countertop. Just imagine this as a big towel, okay? But, but there's a handle on top of it and your hand is not touching the oyster. So you're holding it down. And while you're holding it down, you then can use a sharper knife, okay, without the risk of stabbing yourself because your hand's not there. And that, and you can use more force. That is what makes oyster the oyster opening process much easier. It's uh, the use of a sharper knife with more force without the risk of stabbing yourself. And that uh, um, uh, that's kind of the description of, of how I would describe the product. So, so the, it goes down and a sharp knife. 
you're still using your hand and eye to put the uh, the tip of the knife into the crevice. But you're, you're there, there's also sort of like a handle where you keep which there's a handle right. You hold it down gently. You're not trying to crush the oyster. You're just holding it so the oyster doesn't move. And when it doesn't move, then you can slide the knife in and put a little bit more force to open it. So, you know, we were talking about this a little before, but the, the oyster liquid is often thought of, you know, the prized part of the oyster eating experience. Um, it also has a lot to do with the comparative tastes of different oysters in different environments. Um, explain a little bit of how the shucker preserves more of the liquor and the kind of the distinct taste than, you know, than you would kind of get manually. Well, the, the whole the whole goal uh, for the shucker is to preserve all the oyster liquor. The oyster stays completely horizontal and captures all the oyster liquor while you're opening it. And you don't spill any of it out as if you would in hand shucking, you would spill oyster liquor out. But when it's uh, horizontal and it's being held down, you don't spill any oyster liquor out. And that was our, uh, that was the big criteria of the shucker is to make sure that it captures all the oyster liquor. Um, who do you see as the kind of the main market for it? Is it kind of to speed things up at restaurants or is it aimed more at the home chef or is it, you know, I, I guess who's, uh, I would say you'd have to be eating enough oysters per year to, you know, to sort of make a purchase like this. But like, I, you know, a lot of people love oysters and eat them all the time. So Right. Well, the, um, the shucker is initially is geared towards the initially geared towards the commercial market. Uh, we're looking, we're getting into different restaurants um, that and bars that want to serve oysters that previously couldn't. Um, we are have interest from hotels and cruise ships that we're looking to get the shucker into, and caterers love it too. Yeah. But eventually, with an education, we'd like to get it into the home. It's really designed for the home use, and it's not that expensive to buy. Um, and we have different models for it, but eventually we'd like to get it uh, into the home, but they need to see it in the commercial environment first. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the device is very specific to opening oysters, but do you, I mean, is this just something that came up because you are in oysters and, and growing your own crop or is, do you imagine expanding into other devices that can help make other shellfish more accessible as well? We, we have uh, an other designs that can open uh, clamps as well. Oh, cool. Um, and we have different models that handle, you know, all shapes and sizes of oysters. We have um, uh, a different uh, version that comes down laterally on the, sh on the shell that allows a, a big, uh, uh, allows you to have like one of those big wavy West Coast oysters and can accommodate that. But um um, yes, I mean there there is plans to have other types of uh, oyster or other types of shellfish being open, but the oyster is a lot harder to open than the other shellfish. Yeah. Um, I guess it, what like what other markets do you see for for the shucker itself? I mean, like do you like is it mo are you mostly kind of marketing it along the east coast or kind of where the centers of the oysters are? Or? Right. Well, right now we the we started here in the Hamptons to introduce the product um, and um, it's getting um, people buy it and try it. They love it. Okay. It's very, it's, it's, first of all, it's a beautiful product and it's well-made and stainless steel marine grade and uh, has food grade uh, uh, board. But uh, we, we will be expanding to New York city. 
and we will be expanding uh, other other uh, in other locations. We we just started out. Okay, we do have a patent on the shucker uh, globally. We have a utility patent issued by the U.S. government, and we filed a PCT in ninety five percent of the oyster consuming countries of the world. So we do plan on introducing the product globally. Do you plan on expanding your oyster farm at all? I mean, are you like now that you've got your first uh, big crop coming next year? Um, <laughs> it, we can expand a little bit, but the the it's harder to you can't replicate these exact conditions of the. Uh, uh, okay. It's not a scalable. I mean, we can grow up to a million oysters, but uh, you know the uh, we don't have space um, for a huge um, production. Just a super high quality oyster in a relatively small scale is where our goal is. The shucker is really the, 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 you know, where I'm putting my focus on. Yeah. Have you, have you uh, kind of been together with any other oyster farms along, I guess, in the, in Long Island or anything like that? I mean, I, yep. uh, we, we, if you go on our website, East Hampton shucker, we're very uh, ecumenical towards other oyster farms. We um, promote other farms. We um, promote different, um, recipes and wine pairings, and we're open to, um, you know, collaborate with other oyster farms. We're also open to uh, white labeling our shucker with their name on it. We're talking to different um, um, distributors and other oyster farms to put their name on, the, on our shucker and they can sell it to them because their whole goal is just if more people can open oysters at home, it's better for everybody in the industry. Yeah. Cool. And, and have you, you have a, someone who's mass producing these at this point? I mean, like, or, the, or is it sort of. We, sort of... We're looking to move the manufacturing now from um, India predominantly to uh, U.S. and Mexico to shorten the supply line. Um, and it's not too hard to make our shucker, but uh, we want to, we want to, uh, introduce uh, a new product line here in the U.S. or Mexico. So uh, we do have um, production. Uh, we do make some of the products in um, in China that we're trying to completely eliminate. And other products are made in India and other products are made in Indonesia. Cool. Well, you know, it's a really interesting adventure. Like, So what were you just running the marina before, before all this started? Or what was that? Yeah, I was running the marina. And, and, you know, for years, people would just say, hey, you know, this was the spot I would get oysters. This was the spot. This was the spot. And after all these years of people telling me, yeah, this was the spot, I, I started growing them. And they just grew really well here. And Very flavorful. Did you replace the marina or the marina still there? I reduced the, I reduced I'm like the first uh, marina that's converted into an oyster farm. Uh-huh. And um, there's still a small number of boats left, but for the most part, it's turned into an oyster farm. Cool. Well, congratulations and good luck. Um, oh, thank if, you. Do you want to uh, give your website just for anybody who's listening? Who Sure. Are... Um, it's easthamptonshucker.com. Cool. And we offer a whole, uh, you know, we provide information on a whole variety of subjects related to oysters. You know, there's all different chefs that have their different recipes. And I said, the wine pairings and we, we feature other oyster farms also. Thank you for listening to this edition of the blue economy podcast presented by Rhode Island, the ocean state. And thanks again to John Nicholas from East Hampton Shucker for joining us. 
If you want to learn more about us, catch up on past episodes, or shoot us a note with your comments, please head to www.blueeconomypodcast.com or look us up on X, formerly Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. From beautiful Providence, Rhode Island, the greatest small city in the world, I'm your host, David Hirschman. Thanks for listening.